Okay. Um, just take your seats, Mark. James, can you come and share what I asked you to share? Mr. I want you to listen to what James has got to say in terms of the experience he had um, a little while back. That's great, guys. Thanks. So you've done a good job there. So uh, Another great job. So, uh, so well done. And... Um, And, and listen to this and actually uh, uh, take this to be true for yourself, okay? So, um, Yeah, it was a, a little while back, uh, Susan's over there, we, um, we had a, quite a unique encounter um, back in Susan's old house. There was myself, Anais, and, and, and Susan. Um, uh, and basically we, we'd watched the, um, the, the Finger of God DVD and... Um, it was, you know, great atmosphere of God. It got to about 11 o'clock, um, and I said, look, I've got to go home, and we all had to go to bed. And, um, and we stood up to leave, and, and, um, I don't know what really happened, but we just started, we just started pouring out thanksgiving and praise and worship, and, and we just couldn't stop worshiping God. And the, the, the presence of God in the room was phenomenal. And, um, and I went into a kind of a, a prophetic encounter, a vision, and, um, but And it was funny because there was, I think it was the first time I've been in a room where it was as if all three of us were experiencing the same thing. And, and um, But anyway, I saw on one of the walls, I saw a crack and I saw glory physically, a substance of glory pouring into the room. And, and we just pressed in in worship and there was a, when I left it was about one o'clock. So this went on for about two hours and we just kept pressing in and pressing in and, and worshipping God. And that crack got bigger and bigger and... And as I looked on, ev- on, on the other walls, I then saw a crack on both walls and, and this substance, this glory coming into the, to the room. And it was, it was mind blowing. And Susan kept saying, there's just so much. There's just so much. There's just so much. And, and, and before I knew it, all of the walls had cracked. And, and it's like God took me and he placed me in the middle of an ocean. That's what it felt like. It was an ocean of his glory. And the first thing, I, I freaked out. I, I said, no, no. And, and I had to tell myself to comprehend it. I had to tell my mind to, to take, to actually fathom that which was seemingly unfathomable. And it scared me. It, it did literally scare me. And I was saying, no, yes, no, yes, yeah. And I had to, I had to go on that process of, of, of really getting my mind to understand the enormity of God's glory. And then it was wonderful, and I was just kind of in this ocean of glory, worshipping God, which was truly phenomenal. But, but then God did something that blew me away, quite literally. He, he took all of that. Now, now, if you can understand, it was, what I had in my mind was, God, this would fill the universe. It was, it was enormous. Um, so enormous, it was terrifying, it was scary. And he took it all, and in a flash, he went... And he put it within me. And I, I don't think I've ever screamed as loud as I did. And the, I felt like I was physically heavy. Like the, I, I, I couldn't stand, but I knew I needed to stand. And I promise you, I could have stood on a set of weighing scales. And I think the scales would have literally just, because of the weight of God's glory on me. Um, but what was amazing was that he didn't put a little bit of his glory in me. It wasn't that he took a portion of his glory and put it, he took it all, all of it. And, and what I believe that God is doing is bringing a generation of people into a place where they walk in the fullness of his glory, you know, with the, the full measure of God's glory 
manifest within them. Um, is that okay? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Is that okay? Kind of more than okay. It's the British understatement, isn't it? Yeah, kind of cool, really. Shoo. Well, then goes the sermon. All that preparation. It's all right. Fits in with what I want to say, actually. So, James and I actually were up in Milton Keynes with uh, Alan Cass yesterday, and uh, I was speaking at a conference, and uh, just think God, God met with people, didn't he? It was wonderful, and there was, it was lovely to see what God's doing in other parts of the UK. And uh, just, uh, just one story out of that lady who'd been, um, not absolutely deaf, but definitely severely hard of hearing in one ear for a number of years. Um, she was healed on Friday night, and uh, so she that was got her hearing. And um, there were other 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 stuff like that going on. Um, I, I want to. I'm just trying to take you on this 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 journey of glory. Is that will that be all right? Because what you've just heard from James is true for for each one of us. Um, now you might say, well, I've never had that experience. Uh, well, actually you have. You just haven't had that vision. Does that make sense to you? No, not quite yet. I'll get to turn, turn with me to John chapter 17. This is a verse you would have heard me about because yesterday when we were up in Milton Keynes, I was trying to take the, the, the folks here on a, a bit of a journey of understanding and, and, and revelation of, of just what lives, and it's not what, it's a who lives inside us. Okay, when, J- when James is, is describing this glory, which will fill the whole universe, okay, um, the glory of God is, is the manifest presence of God. It's not detached from God. It's not some separate entity to God. The, the, the glory of God is actually the manifestation of him. It's his presence. And he's the one who fills everything, yeah, the universe. He, he's the one who fills all in all. So, so, so when, when you have... <laughs> The, the idea that you get filled with the Spirit of God, this is exactly what's happening to you. It's not a little pick you up at the end of a Christian meeting to get you through the, the week to come. Okay, this, this, this it's not, 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 a, not a, a little route through, through life's difficulties, giving me a bit more joy and, and maybe a few gifts and maybe I could speak in tongues or prophesy if I'm lucky. It's, 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 it's a whole lot bigger than that, the more than you could actually ask or imagine. And it says in John chapter 17, verse 20, it says, My prayer is not for them alone. And this is where Jesus is praying to his Father and he's talking about his disciples on the earth at that moment. But he says, My, whoop, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for, for those who will believe in me through their message. So have you believed in Jesus through the message of the gospel? If you can say yes to that, then this is for you. If you can't say yes to that, then see me afterwards and we'll do the stuff about getting born again so you can say yes to it. Okay. It's simple, because you can't, actually can't enter into this unless you're born again. But what we've realized is that, that born again is not just a little bit of God wants to save a few people. He wants them to enter into the fullness of this. This, 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 is, this is the message. He wants them to enter into the fullness of who he is in all his goodness, all his power, all his majesty. 
Now, I pray that those, for those who will believe in me through the message, that all of them may be one. This is the route to unity. We won't go there, but I'll be talking about that this afternoon. In the, um, got the churches together in Gravesend meeting this afternoon. So, and uh, do a bit of that. It's a f- four o'clock, isn't it, Dave? It's going to be great, great to actually host the other churches from Gravesend here. And, um, and I'm going to be talking to them about sh- shared glory is the, is the path to unity. Um, so, it says that, that they all may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. There is an outcome of this that the world believes. I, now, listen to this. I have given them the glory that you gave me. Whoa. Now, I just park on that. How much glory has God given you? Exactly the same that he gave to Jesus. That, that, that's, not, that's better than good. That, that's, that's better than even okay, isn't it? Is, is, that, is that okay? You know, is, is that, did we do the British, is that okay? What do you, what do you think of that? Is that how do you, what do you think about it? It's, it's, it's beyond okay. It's beyond, it's beyond imagination. It's beyond comprehension. It literally is beyond. You think, oh, I don't know how that all fits inside. Like James, where, where did it all go? You know, that ocean of glory. How did it fit? I don't know. That they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as, I, as you have loved me. So this is it. Now I want to, to try and help you understand. So flip forward to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It says now if... Uh, verse 7. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory. Now, this is, this is talking about Moses, and we're going to go back and look in Exodus in a minute, okay? Um, and uh, I've got my goat hair jumper with me today, although you'll refer to it. It's there. It gets quite hot in the front row, doesn't it? So, so it's the sun coming through the windows. Um, now, this is talking about what happened in Moses' time, okay? So it came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its, its glory. What happened was Moses had an encounter with God and his face shone so radiant that he had to put a veil over his face because the, the rest of the Israelites couldn't bear to, to look at him. It, it's brighter than the red glow. It, it, this, it, 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 so this, this is the reality of, of the effect it had upon Moses. And it says, failing that it was, it, will not the ministry, okay, so if that was glorious, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? So what I want to try to help you understand is what we, what we experience is even more glorious than what I'm just going to show you in Exodus. Okay, because it's the ministry of the Spirit. The Spirit is not just a, you know, ethereal substance. This is God himself. So, so God lives inside you if you're born again. So, go back into Exodus. Okay. Let's see if I can do you a quick trip through Exodus. Exodus chapter 19, I think it is. We'll start it. Okay, so the Israelites have come out of Egypt. And uh, Moses is leading them. And he gets a summon up a mountain, Mount Sinai. Okay, so in verse 16 of Exodus 19, it says, On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. 
and they stood at the foot of the mountain. <laughs> I want, try and put your, I love, love it when I'm reading the Bible to try and put myself in the story. Think what that must have been like. Moses says, come on, we're going to meet with God. You're thinking, man, he looks like a fiery mountain that trembles. When, when James said, this is scary, this, this is scary. This is what, this, when it talks about the fear of God, this is, this is what it means. It's not being afraid of him, it's just thinking, man, look at that. God's not trying to make you afraid, but he takes you into his awe. So, Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently. I'm not quite sure what it looks like when a mountain trembles violently, but it is. And the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Now, who's blowing the trumpet? God, I think. Might have been the the angels. Then Moses spoke, and the voice of the God answered him. The Lord descended to the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses went up, and the Lord said to him, Go down and warn the people so they do not force their way through to see the Lord, and many of them perish. What he's saying is actually that the people can't actually come and touch me. At this moment in time. Certain invited ones could. And Moses got the invitation. Go further on into Exodus chapter 33. Verse 7 says, Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to his tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face, as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Joshua's one to learn from. Because it might look like Moses is the only one who can go in, but that wasn't true. Joshua said, I want some of this. And he stayed even longer than Moses. I believe that's what equipped him to be the leader of the next generation. Now, just, it is extraordinary. Just, just imagine you've been up on a mountain like that, you've got a tent, and when you go in this tent, the glory of God just comes down upon it, and you've talked with God face to face. This sounds pretty awesome, does it not? Okay, so what have you just read in, in Corinthians? That you have something that's even more awesome. An even greater privilege. I find it staggering. Moses is quite cheeky, I reckon. Because in verse 18 of Exodus 33, Moses says, Now show me your glory. Now, if I was God, I'd be saying, What do you think I've been doing? <laughs> what else do you want? Mountain not enough? Tent not good enough? How does God respond? God says, okay, I'll show you some more. And he says, I will let all my goodness pass in front of you, but actually you can't see my face. I'll shield you because actually even you can't. 
I'll shield you a little bit. I need to protect you from me a little bit. So he hides him in a rock and he passes by and Moses sees God. I think probably we're talking about in the physical form. And Whoa. That's amazing, isn't it? Okay. Now, here's my jumper. What's this made from? Goat's hair. Okay. Tell me saying, what's that got to do with it? Um, if you weren't here for the sermon, listen to it from November. Um, the tabernacle was constructed to contain the glory of God. Yes. So it's in Exodus, actually, when Moses was up the mountain, God gave him the blueprints for a tabernacle. And then a guy called Bezalel was anointed by God. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he had the skill to construct this tabernacle. And they did it out of gold, silver, precious stones, all sorts of things, and goat hair. The ordinary stuff of life. Okay? The stuff that, that, that we would easily overlook. And it says, interesting in that, it talks about that, that when, when they asked for an offering, it said that, that people bought what they had. And do you know what? You can only bring what you've got. But whatever you've got, God can use to construct something that will contain his glory. That's, that's what this place is about, okay? So you have a part to play. If you're part of NKCC, if you're, you're a visitor, please, you're very, very welcome and keep coming. And if you want to become part of the family, let us know. Uh, we, we like enlarging our family. <laughs> but if you're part of this family, this is your privilege here and now to take what you've got and construct something that will contain the glory of God. Why? Not just so that we have good Sunday mornings, but that the world might know that God loves them. That's what's happening. What can you do with goat hair? A lot, apparently. So, I'm thinking, Moses has some amazing encounters with God, does he not? When they finish the tabernacle, they then consecrate it. So they actually have a special time. So the tabernacle is done. It's ready. Okay? And in Exodus chapter 40, they consecrate... The tabernacle. Okay, so at the end of Exodus 40, I want you to, it's the end of the book of Exodus, we'll read from verse 34. So they, they, they say, okay God, this is finished, now you come and fill it. This is for your glory, this is, this is for your presence to rest with us. It says, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. <laughs> Listen to this bit, because the next bit is hard to comprehend. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled upon it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. I'm thinking, what must it have looked like if Moses couldn't get in? What, <laughs> what must it have been like? Because Moses managed to go up a mountain that's trembling, that's on fire, in a tent where God would come down and rest there. And what I te- want to suggest you is that the glory of God is unlimited and there's always more. So even Moses, there was another, another extent beyond. Now, what have you just read in 2 Corinthians? That the glory of the Spirit is greater than here. But not contained in buildings. It says actually now, it tells you it's not contained in things made with human hands. 
says that, that, see, that, that, this is true. If you are born again, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. That this level of the manifestation of God's glory actually resides inside you. That is just phenomenal. That's enough to make me very happy. But also to live in awe. Because I think when you get, get an understanding, in Proverbs it talks about the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. This is, this is where wisdom starts, to understand just how much God has placed inside you. Wisdom starts with abundance, not lack. Okay? I think sometimes we think that wisdom is about how you manage the paucity of our resources, you know, limited resources. I, I tell you, as the wisdom that God's looking for now is looking for those who will be able to administer the abundance and the exceeding abundance of his glory and his provision. He wants us to be able to administer thousands of healing. Yeah? Not just one or two a week. When, when Jesus arrived in the village, anybody who turned up and asked got healed. So they all came, didn't they? They would all come. This is, this is simply awesome. And uh, as I was getting, as I was sort of preparing a bit more this morning, I, I just felt uh, God say to me that, that sort of the headline of what I wanted to say to, to you today was the, the opportunity that we're given and the responsibility that comes with it. Yeah, there, there is a responsibility that, that comes with this. This wasn't something to be taken lightly. And remember that in the um, uh, Solomon built a temple here. Yeah? Again, it contained the glory of God. It says when that place was consecrated, that the glory of God fell upon that temple such that the priests couldn't do their work. Did Solomon take his responsibility seriously enough to guard that? No, he didn't. He didn't. And, and that's, that temple was destroyed. I'm not saying this to make this song, but actually there is a sense of, actually, when God gives you this, to, and it, it, it says in, again, it's in Corinthians, I can't remember the exact verse, but it says, um, he who is given a trust must prove faithful. It says, it says, and, and God wants to entrust us with an abundance, and he's looking for faithfulness. Which is a fruit of the spirit. That, that's what he's looking for. He's looking, and I like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those things. But actually, faithfulness is one of the fruits of the spirit. He's looking for a faithful administration of of what he is pouring out in these days. And that, that's that's the concept of a wineskin. Okay, when God pours out wine, he expects a wineskin to to contain it. And it's flexible. It's not rigid. But you have to be able to to construct what, what what's appropriate for the time. Okay, when God's pouring out new wine, you need a new wineskin, which is what we've tried to to do and create. And I think this is a moment where where well, I think we have in many ways created a new wineskin. And that's not talking about this building. <laughs> this building is great, you know, and it's wonderful. It has its challenges. Bear with us. Well, we deal with the challenges. Um, and it, and it has responsibilities that go with it. But I'm not talking about just just. You know, how we run this building, that's, that's not it, okay? The building's great, it's fantastic. 
tool, facility, amazing. God will, God will give us more. He's told us he will. And uh, just loves what's happening in the shop, you know, in, in counter shop. We had a meeting there yesterday, Susan, didn't you? about 15 people thinking, planning what can be done right in the centre of Gravesend. Yes. So I thought I'd just let you in on a few of the things that are on the horizon of NKCC. Would that be all right? One of the things that actually was interesting, just having a chat with some people recently, saying that actually when, when, because the tabernacle was great, but it wasn't wasn't what where the, the Israelites were going, was it? It was actually they had a promised land to get to. It was it was a sort of a measure en route. Um, once they got into the promised land, it was interesting that that, um, that the, the provision that they'd enjoyed every day stopped when they got into the promised land. Manna, yeah. And actually, they, they then took on responsibility, which they hadn't had before, which is actually cultivating the land. The, the, what, what, just got out and pick it up because it just fell out of heaven. Actually, you had to work to produce it. It was different. A different season, yeah? And, and, um, it was no good saying, well, I, I enjoyed the manna. Where's the manna? Well, it stopped. Well, God said he'd always provide for me. Yeah, he has. It's a different way. Does that make sense to you? So, so, and so he, he moves on. He doesn't always do things in the same way. Manna's amazing. In actual fact, there's still people who, who experience manna on this earth to this, to this day. Uh, I've not actually personally met one, but I've seen videos of people who have, have manna, you know, tucked away in their Bible and stuff like that. But, but it, generally, we don't have manna now. But we have the Spirit. So, things on the horizon of NKCC. Because one of the things that as we, as we push forward in this is, is we're going to need each one of us to, to be responsible playing our part. Okay? Every one of us has a responsibility for playing our part. Now, I want you to, to work in, in your passions. I just say we, we still need more children's workers. Uh, we need the team that will actually equip the fourth Sunday of the month. So that, that's, that's good. We need that to happen. Um, we're looking at starting a second Sunday meeting in the evening, sometime later in the year. Um, we think that will serve all sorts of reasons and uh, all sorts of um, people in different ways, and we'll tell you more about that in detail once we've worked it out. Um, free school, we're working our way towards that. We had some interesting breakthroughs <laughs> just this week. We were at a moment thought, we're not sure we can do this. Can we do this? And then we had a phone call thought, wow, that's, some of that's already done. It was, it, wasn't, it was an extraordinary moment. We just thought... Man, something just happened in five minutes that we thought was going to take us a long, long time. But it was interesting. We got a meeting on Tuesday about that to, to work out whether that really is God pushing us to actually establish a free school in this area. That would be exciting. Um, school keeps on going from strength to strength. Um, so we've got 250, about 250 students between the two schools this year. Just think about it. Maybe you'll do school. Project 365 is something that we uh, have got now. We'll tell you a bit more about this in, in detail. But basically what we're looking at is, is actually um, a, a year project starting from this coming September where uh, uh, people, and we're particularly aiming at the 18 to 25 age bracket, but it's not exclusive to that, will come and actually spend a year in NKCC. They'll do the daytime school for two days, but then they'll actually pursue areas of their gifting and passion, whether that's worship, it could be outreach, it could be, it could be you know, pastoral work, it could be administration. Um, and uh, so we're, we're working hard at providing a, a menu of, of, of things that people can, 
can uh, choose from um, and then come and spend a year in here because we're very keen to, to train young people for all that God's got for them going into the future. Okay, um, So that, that's coming up and um, we'd like to involve you in their um, discipleship and progress. Uh, we'd like you to think, actually, I could... It doesn't say taking on responsibility. Actually, I, I could take somebody out for a treasure hunt one day or I could do... Well, I could involve me in a worship team or something like that. Do you understand? There's all sorts of... Or there's actually... Oh, yes, actually, you want to do administration. We've got administrative tasks. So it's right across the board. We can actually take a responsibility for discipling a group of young people. Um, we mentioned the encounter shop. I think it's fantastic, the interaction we've got with the local area at the moment. It's amazing. One of the other things that, that's, that's going on in our environment is there is an emerging network of churches gathering around North Cape Community Church. Um, which is fascinating. Um, so many people actually now asking us for our, our help and advice. It was interesting. So I so say I've been. I was at Wolverhampton last Sunday. I was at Milton Keynes yesterday. David Webster is going to be up at Milton Keynes on Thursday, I think, isn't it? Teaching at their school, which we've helped them establish a, an evening school. Uh, we've helped establish an evening school in um, uh, Glasgow and in Harrogate as well. So we're, we're serving a lot of churches around the nation, but in this locality there's, there's, there are churches that gather to us and particularly um, on the first Wednesday every month we actually got about 50 leaders who come and I think we've got 125 on the mail list and we're looking at how we do that and actually reach into to London as well um, because God said he placed us at the east gate to the city so, so um, we're just looking at that and when we've got, Danny Silk will be with us over Easter, so just flag that one up, Easter Saturday uh, we're going to have a day conference with Danny Silk called Keep Your Love On. It will be here. So, so that will be going up on the website, I think, tomorrow. Um, on the Tuesday and Wednesday after Easter, Danny's going to be do, doing uh, with myself a, 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 um, a two-day training on uh, how you create a kingdom culture, which is not just for churches but for businesses, social enterprises, uh, charities, about how you, you create a culture where the kingdom of God is expressed wherever you are. So, so that, that's, that's coming up. But also what I'm doing with Danny is on the Wednesday before Easter, we're going to go and do an event in London together, um, gathering leaders from London to try and actually start to, to penetrate into that world because that's one of the missions that God gave us when he pushed us, placed us here. He said he placed us at Eastgate to the city. Um, we want to involve some of that. Actually, on that day, they said, actually, could you provide worship team and PA? So there are opportunities for us to invade London. Looking at Brian Smith there, he lives up, he works up there. He doesn't live up there, but it might feel like you live up there sometimes, Brian. But it works. And, and actually, how many people are you gathering in your Christian group? On in your 68 people, Christians gather together in, in that Brian's gathered together in his workplace. Was that amazing? And. Um, and Brian's involved in, in some, you know, midweek meetings that have up their lunchtime meetings in churches that actually we're getting to know as well. So the, the opportunities are getting, you understand that there's a lot going on. Healing centre, to establish that as a, an option for NHS referral, all sorts of stuff like that. So I think that's giving you a little window on some of our world. Yeah? And you know, how, how are you going to do that? I think, I honestly don't know. But I have got one answer. That, and if you just go back to um, Exodus chapter 40, if you, if you would. And I'll finish on this. It says, In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they were set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and the fire was in the cloud by night, 
in the sight of all the house of Israel during all their travels. This is, this is the secret that they learn and we need to learn is that when God, do, when God moves, you move. And if he's not moving, don't. Okay. So if God's doing it, I'm in. Yeah. Even if I don't quite know where we're going. Because he didn't tell them in advance, did he? So clouds moving. Any, destination? No, but just moving. He didn't, he didn't give them the destination. He just didn't. He said, do you, do you trust me? It's an it's issue of faith. He said, come, you're coming with me. And it's the same Jesus said that. Come in with me. You, and for us, are we going to go with God? And if he's not going, we're staying. Because I'm not going to do anything that hasn't got his presence in it. So what we're trying to do is make sure we discern everything that God is doing and also what he's not doing. That will help us decide what we give our efforts to. Okay? And that's what we will ask you to invest in. And we will also invest in what you're doing where we see the cloud of God resting upon what you're doing. Okay? Can we pray together? Let's be excited. How how much glory resides in you? Enough to change the world. That's enough to change the world. How much glory resides in us? Well, amazing. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that the gospel is so amazing. We thank you that we hear stories of people being born again, taken out of darkness, brought into your light. Thank you for our journey that you've brought us this far. Thank you for the glory that you've placed within us. And Father, we pray that we would be faithful to you. Help us to discern what you're doing, what you're saying. Thank you for speaking us today. today. Thank you for the idea of the walls cracking on your glory spreading out. Father, let it be true in our daily lives. We pray that this week we will encounter people with the love and power of God. Father, we pray for healing and miracles to be multiplied amongst us. Pray that this will become a place of life and hope for this generation and future generations. Amen.